one of the questions that people ask or used to ask at least was is there a god i think i've said this in another podcast but a good place to begin doing philosophy is analyzing the question itself rather than attempting to answer the question. A lot of times you can get the question to dissolve. And in such a scenario, an answer is no longer needed. If you hadn't have begun with attempting to dissolve the question by analyzing the question, then you would likely have attempted to answer an unanswerable thing, which would have resulted in you wasting your life. YouTube took out the pauses. I'm sure a lot of you guys are like, why don't you edit this? It would be easy enough. That's so true. Um, A lot of power in waiting and knowing how to wait and knowing how to contemplate and knowing how not to Google something. A hive mind is codependence. Those alive now may be some of the last to ever experience independence of thought. And even now it is getting harder to obtain access to that. My friends go on retreats and take their phones with them and never leave where they were. No matter where you are, you're always on your phone. No matter who you're with, you're always with your followers and those you're following. That was a long tangent. So we'll get back to analyzing the question. And it won't take long, and I don't even, I can even feel myself cringing. I can feel you guys cringing. I think we're over the question is there a God? Maybe this is more interesting than what I was going to say. I think what I was going to say is kind of obvious. Or at least old, if not obvious. 
But the idea that we're over the question of whether or not there is a God as a result of our inability to answer it may be a little bit more interesting to ponder. And I think, too, you have to be careful not to assume that the world is changing just because you're changing. I mean, I'm just 30. And, um, you know, this is the beginning of a specific segment of my life. And maybe a lot of people experience what I'm experiencing around this segment. But then again, I do have a track record of deducing trends historically. So... I think you have to at least bet on yourself. Betting on yourself is the equivalent of not committing suicide. <laughs> I'm in no way suicidal. I talk about that like purely philosophically. Like, um, I believe it's Camus that said the only tr one true philosophical question is whether or not you're going to kill yourself. <laughs> and uh, though I am and never have been in any way suicidal. I understand why he would say that. Same reason Shakespeare would say to be or not to be, that is the question. But that's a good way to segue back to the question, which was, is there a God? And analysis of that, because to be or not to be is a question of being, which is a question of existence, which is a question of isness, which is the first word in that question, is there a God? And what's weird about the question of existence is that if you are able to ask it, then you exist necessarily. So when we ask, is there a God, we have to then ask, well, how do you verify existence? Typically, the way that you verify existence is uh, empirically, that is, with your five senses, or what we have divided into five categories. But is ultimately the, the data that you take in from the world that you are in as the mechanism you are. But if there's no way for our five senses to engage with the thing we're attempting to verify or falsify the existence of, then how would we ever verify or falsify it? And the answer is, well, you wouldn't. 
this is Wittgenstein's contribution largely, and it was largely misinterpreted by the Vienna Circle. When Wittgenstein finishes the Tractatus, he says, on that which we cannot speak meaningfully, we must remain silent. The Vienna Circle interpreted this as a means of ushering in atheism through science. Wittgenstein was actually a mystic. He talked about that which we cannot speak about meaningfully as the mystical. That was just this category that he gave that which is transcendent. And beyond that, he held his mouth. Beyond that, he held his tongue. So he was consistent in that regard. When you tell somebody that what they're saying isn't meaningful, a lot of them get really offended at that because they're like, who are you the fuck to tell me that what I'm saying is not meaningful? We understand that it may be subjectively meaningful to you, but when he says that, what he's talking about is is logical meaning. Um, And logical meaning just requires that the thing that you're saying have a means of falsification or a way that it can be falsified. I wonder here if it's not in some ways tautological insofar as if a thing has a means of being falsified, then it will be falsified, even if it is partially true. (laughs) A good analytical philosopher will tear that apart, but maybe if I got creative with certain axioms, I could make it seem like it were true. That's something planning it would do. But he has a little bit different bend than I do. And he's much more patient than myself. The second word in the question is there. Is there a God? There. It's a, it has to do with a place. We're referring to some where. There always refers to a where. And, and uh, when you're talking about God, where are you talking about? Are you talking about heaven? And if you're talking about heaven, are you talking about, you're not talking about space, you're talking about another dimension, literally. And if you're talking about another dimension, then how would we possibly verify it? And unless we had 
a body that was made of uh, other dimensions as well. And if we had that, then wouldn't we be experiencing that other dimension also? And then by God, I mean, you know, there are so many different possible definitions if you look across the spectrum of religions, you know, everything from a holist to a monist to a pluralist to a pantheist to a panentheist to a theist to a monotheist, you know, to, to like, to an atheist. I mean, there are literally so many options, uh, in that regard, it would be hard to consider them all. But what is ultimately essential to all of them? I think essential to all of them is this fundamental transcendence. That they all exist necessarily outside of at least what is entirely this case. Though they may in part exist within it. Or this may be part of them. I think it makes sense that at base there would be no way for us to verify the things that we want to verify the most. Whether that be what is the case morally, that is the answer to the question what we should or should not do, where we came from, where we're going, who we are. And ultimately, why? The question of meaning. None of those things are able to be defined in such a way that we could know that we have hit upon the answer. Given that they, in some way, need be dictated from the outside in order to be objective. And in this situation, objectivity is typically the thing that people are looking for. What is the thing that is true independent of that which we all think is true? And how would we define that? Because you have to think about it in order to figure it out. So maybe the better question is a sort of uh, synthetic understanding of the truth insofar as what is the thing that all of our perspectives confirm? And that should be our operant definition of the truth at the moment. So is there a God? You can analyze the question and say, well, I, th I think you're asking a question that is ultimately unanswerable. And so before even delving into it and writing a 200-page thesis that delves into all of those various possibilities regarding theism that I, that I, that I suggested, uh, all of which are logically possible and have evidence for and against them from different perspectives.
if you're honest, from my perspective. <laughs> Instead of doing that, you can just say, ultimately, you're trying to answer an unanswerable question. Now, why would that... There, it's possible that there is a God and that question is unanswerable. It's possible that there's not a God and that question is unanswerable. It's... People say you then need to make an assumption. Well, maybe not. Maybe you can just continue without making an assumption. You just live. You just do your thing. And maybe that's what God wants if he's there. And if he's not there, maybe that's what's best. And if he is there, you can think through the possible reasons why he might have made the game like this. And you can think through the reasons why we might have made the game like this. And, and I think even the world that he is in, I, I think, you know, I mean, it's ultimate simulation theory still ultimately has the problem of ultimate regress. And so far as where does base reality lie, ultimately it's still a simulation inside of a simulation inside of a simulation inside of a simulation, which historically has been a critique against theism. Uh you know, at base from the atheistic community. And I say that because simulation theorists are largely typically, or they at least claim to be scientific and, in my opinion, then most likely atheistic. Hence making that a bit ironic. So, I mean, God himself, if if he is in, in the world above us, would even then have to... ask himself where he came from. And perhaps he too would not have the ability to verify dimensions higher than himself all the way up until, f for some reason, you reach maximal dimensionality. I think mathematicians and esotericists historically have suggested the number 13. They use a thing called Metatron's Cube from Kabbalah. which somehow coincides with a new theory called E8, which has a lot of similarity to CMTU, also a new theory, but fringe, given insofar as the individual doesn't come from an actual institution. However, I don't necessarily think that should be necessary in order for a person or their work to be well regarded obviously at all so but I also do uh, expect academic r rigor from an academician and uh, appreciate that rigor when I find it that is not to say that there are not idiots in academia So is there a God? We've analyzed the question, and, and I think it's ultimately unanswerable even to God himself about himself. 
So what then do you do but settle into that strange loop that you are and he is if he's there and that we all are if any of us are here and that reality is that must be here because something's happening. Experience is at least occurring. Descartes told us that. And I think this is where you come down to meditation and just enjoying the experience. And easy for me to say, right? White educated male in America, like easy for me to say, but those with privilege should help the underprivileged. Or that is at least one way of thinking about life. How we should or should not live necessarily, I cannot verify. I don't think that's accessible to me or us or you. Is there a God? I don't know. I don't think we can know. I don't think God can know that about himself. I think you have to learn to live without knowing. And that is the real test of true intelligence. Working out how to do that is a a sort of tacit knowledge, a sort of tacit understanding, a sort of riding a bike. Um, that you must learn for your entire existence in this life and perhaps in the next if there is one. Perhaps we are all part of God. And we are all part of the process of developing meaning and developing that which is true. Perhaps the future has not yet been determined. Perhaps it is open, and perhaps what it means to be, to, to, to be, to exist, is to have a bit of freedom, and a bit of freedom is what it means to have a bit of causal control over future iterations of the case. I need to eat some breakfast. But thanks for listening if you're still here.